Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the One Broke Actress podcast, an honest account of L.A. actor life, plus a few lessons I learn in the process. I am your host, Sam Valentine, a.k.a. One Broke Actress, and I am so pumped to bring you this week's episode because this is our first ever episode with a casting director. We have on this week Erica Berger, and she sat down with me, and we talked all things auditions, self-tapes, submissions. We talked about what it's actually like behind her side of the table and in her rooms and so on and so forth, and it is so awesome to hear that she just likes actors. She wants to be around us. She gets excited when she sees good performances. It is so refreshing and honestly so nice to just hear that and feel like we're wanted in a room because sometimes I feel like it does not seem that way in the moment. So I won't keep you for very long. Um, Please be sure to listen in after the podcast and I'll chat with you a bit more. But without further ado, please enjoy Erica Berger. Okay, so I'm here with Erica. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Thanks so much for sitting down. I know we had so much back and forth to get you here. (laughs) My pleasure. So will you kind of explain to everyone um, your background and what you do in casting? Sure. Um, I've been casting for 14 years. I started as an intern when I was still in college. I was working for Joey Paul on That's So Raven and Phil of the Future and um, Hillary Duff movie called Raise Your Voice. And then I worked my way up from intern all the way to casting director and then right now I'm doing associate casting director work for Cole off Nicolo casting on the mayor for ABC awesome yeah awesome so what made you want to be a casting director well when I was very young I thought I wanted to be an actor because I liked the idea of working in entertainment and I just didn't know what jobs were out there <laughs> um, but I never actually liked acting I had terrible stage fright and I hated the thought of seeing myself on camera Um, so I very quickly realized I did not want to be an actor and in college Joey asked um, if I would help her out and I just thought that was amazing and I loved it from the second I started casting that's awesome and I just was like okay this is what I meant to be doing what do you like about it I, well, I love actors, and I think that's the thing that confused me in the beginning. Wait, hold on. <laughs> this is a newsflash. Casting loves actors. Yes. <laughs> so excited to hear that. So, and I, and casting is a way to be around actors and work with actors without having to be one yourself. So, <laughs> that was really attractive to me. Um, and I just, it was like I found my people. Like, I would go back to school and be like oh my god I met James Avery today and everyone would just look at me with like a blank stare and I would just be like you guys Uncle Phil from the Fresh Prince of (laughs) Bel-Air but in the casting world everybody else was just as excited to meet James Avery as I was so I felt like okay I'm home for sure and when I worked at Lieberman Patton way way back in the day we used to I am about all everyone who was in the waiting room because we were just so excited about all these guest actors that we've loved for so long so it just felt like this is what I'm meant to be doing. And my brain is like an IMDb. It always has been like that. And I felt like from a very young age, I would spend hours on there because I just wanted to know everything about every actor who appeared on any of the shows that I liked, whether it be Full House (laughs) from when I was really little or Friends or Will and Grace or whoever. And I felt like it was really important to know the names of the actors, not just the character. Because in my 11-year-old brain, I'm thinking, if I'm walking down the streets of Los Angeles one day and I see Maggie Wheeler, I'm going to want to be able to say, 
hi, Maggie Wheeler, rather than like, look, it's Janice from Friends. So <laughs> my obsession kind of started that way with just wanting to know everything about people on the shows that I liked, and it just kind of spiraled from there. And I like that it's always new, especially working in television, which I've done my whole career. So new roles, new scripts every week, um, working with people. See so fast-paced. Lots of people every day and work with them, and it's really – it's. I mean, sometimes it's really fun. <laughs> I mean, let's be real about it. It's not, yeah, not every it's job not is a job for a reason. It's not always <laughs> fun, but sometimes it's a lot of fun. That's so funny to picture you like like IMing, which by the way, do you know they canceled? Like no longer. Yes. I just saw that article. That's it's like so sad. Done. I know. I feel like an era is done. I know. <sighs> My whole life. Um, to picture that because as an actor who sits in the waiting room, the, I feel like the way it is perceived is that we're about to enter like the battlefield and it's such a, a connotation. It's such a different connotation to have the idea that the people in the room want to see you. Oh yeah. And I feel like that's something that I wish every actor could really take in. And I know Asterix, we, s- guys. <laughs> <laughs> we say it all the time, but I don't think you can really believe it until you've worked in a casting office for a little while um just how much we want you to get the part so that we can all go home and move on with our lives (laughs) so I have a son I want to go home (laughs) every single person that comes in the door we hope is going to be the person to get the part and that's just we wouldn't have brought you in if we didn't hope that you were going to get the part we don't want to waste your time or our time so we're definitely on your side for sure that's really refreshing to hear well let's talk a little bit about you and then we'll get into like the specifics of like going sure. into a room and stuff so you start in casting you mm-hmm. start as an, an assistant or an intern I started as an intern I hadn't graduated school yet and I was working um three four days a week on are you Raven. from here um I'm from Montreal Canada but oh, okay um I grew up in San Diego I moved to San Diego when I was like eight okay yeah, so ish from here. So yeah, I'm kind of basically <laughs> from here, and I went to UCR, so it was not. I mean, it was an hour and a half commute or something. Okay. The, yeah. So as an intern, what was that like? Because I think that there's a lot of working pieces in a, a casting office that we on the other side of the camera don't really know about. So I'd love to hear about that. Okay, so this was before everything was digital. Wow, so you had hard copies. I was in a room a lot, opening pictures <laughs> and sorting them. Oh my so god. Were they all in color? Uh yes. Okay. Yes. Um uh sorting and opening pictures. I actually did a lot um just because I was there so often. So I sometimes wrote breakdowns, I sometimes cut sides. Joey is she's just an amazing casting director in general and an amazing human being. So she always wanted me to learn as much as I could. So she would bring me in session with her. Um, and let me watch and or let me film and talk about who I liked and why and who she liked and why so it was an incredible experience that's awesome yeah and Raven was especially fun because they had live taping so that was really fun and we worked there on set with everybody so I got to know all the writers and and just as a young person being excited about starting my career in Hollywood it was just an incredible experience yeah what a what a cool world and it sounds like a very positive one very positive everyone who worked on the show was amazing and Raven's amazing and so it was really fun how was that 
taping and writing like writing breakdowns because I think people might not know that a lot of times an intern or something like that like the that's the breakdown you get is from it's not from like the director sometimes it's from the casting office never from the director oh that's good to know (laughs) um I still write them to this day that's always just kind of been my thing but um it's really fun because it just helps you think about the script in a different way um and it gets you your mind kind of going about who might be interesting to see for the parts when you're just really thinking about it character by character. Um, They're always approved by the executive producers, Mm -hmm. so to make sure that you're on the right track of what they're going to be looking for. Um, But yeah, it was really fun because it was a huge responsibility, so it was cool that I sometimes got to do it. Yeah, and to be the first one to read a script always kind of feels cool. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, I think it's distributed all at once, so everybody gets it at once, Mm -hmm. but... um, it was fun to read through them and, and break them down and start thinking about who would be fun for the parts. And picture things. Yeah. So what was it like filming actors in the room? Really nerve-wracking when you're first doing it because you're just like, well, <laughs> if I mess this up, that's not going to be great news for anybody. <laughs> so uh, really, really nerve-wracking at first. Very interesting to think about the other person in the room being nervous. Yeah. Because you're an intern, like you're you're young, you're trying to work really hard too. Yeah. It's such a symbiotic relationship I think we all need to it keep is. in mind. It is. And definitely at that time when it was on a giant camera that you put a VHS into the oh side of. Oh my God. That's amazing. There's no, let me watch it back real quick to make sure it looks good. It's just kind of at the end of the session, you get what you get and you hope that um, you never need to use it if it's bad. Because at that time, um, producer sessions were always live. So they'd be there in the room and they make a decision in the room. Wow. So it was just you're filming in case they need, they're like, I want to see these two people again before we make a decision. And if you messed up on somebody, you're just praying that that's not one of the people they want to see again. <laughs> so you've, you've kind of been, you've watched this progress then. Because if you yeah. started with hard copy headshots and VHSs, what's that looked like? Um, it's been crazy. Of course, the technology has pros and cons. It was great to have the producers in the room. I felt like you built, built stronger relationships with them. Um, and they had to decide. There was no, let's watch it 70 times till we talk ourselves out of everybody. <laughs> um, but it's way easier, of course, to just look through the breakdown. Nobody has to open the photos and then recycle them. That was a whole process. There's a, a photo recycle guy. He had to call and he'd come and get all the headshots. Um, <laughs> it's so much money. And <laughs> so much money worth of headshots. Yes. Um, and, and also it is really nice to be able to just send a link and you don't have to see everybody twice. So it's a time saver in that way. But then also, um, it was nice to have them decide in the room and not maybe ignore the link that you sent for a couple days or, um, because everything moves so quickly now they can feel like they can demand, let's see more people, let's see more people, let's see more people because it does move much faster. Mm -hmm. Um, so it has its, its positives and negatives, but definitely it's nice not to have to sit in a room with two VCRs and pull auditions from one VCR to the other. That's very time consuming. <laughs> Did you like rewind tapes and tape over them? Um, yeah. 
That's so cool to think yeah. about. But then when it got, this camera got smaller and they had the high eights, mm-hmm. we kept them forever. And we just like label what was on there in case we ever needed to refer back to them. But that's the other thing that's cool now too, is I have an online database of auditions. So I can rewatch anyone at any time, just like with a search okay, of I don't know name. about this. Yeah. So you, you keep old auditions of actors because then you can it's kind of like they're real in the room I guess right so if I'm thinking about oh I have this role who should I bring in oh I saw this person let me rewatch their audition and see if they're right for this and then I can just type in their name into my database and pull it up and watch it immediately that is so proof that when you're auditioning you're not necessarily auditioning for that particular role you're really auditioning the room definitely that is so that's mind blowing. I had no idea. Oh. I don't know if actors know that. Oh, really? That, that yeah, that you the file. I think of once it goes, once it gets shown someone, I feel like it just gets tossed. But the idea of having it on file. Maybe some act, some offices do, but I upload every single audition, oh, just awesome. so that it's there in my at my disposal for future reference. <laughs> so, how did you move up from intern? What was that like? Um, so I graduated college, and then I worked briefly at an agency. I did not love that. <laughs> what very was the much. difference for you? Um, an agency is just a completely different atmosphere. Um, it's very competitive, um, very intense, and not, I mean, I think it can be creative, but not as creative to me as casting was. Um, and I did that for about eight months before I went back into casting. <laughs> it didn't last long. <laughs> and, um, and the agency that I was working for graciously helped me get a job with Meg Lieberman at Lieberman Patton. Um, so that was amazing. And then I started there as an assistant. And then they promoted me um, on uh, right before we started the United States of Terra season one. So that was my first oh. associate credit. God, and I love that show. it was crazy because when I heard about the show, I went running into Meg's office and I was like oh my gosh, how do we get this show? Tony Collette is going to do TV. We have to get this show. And she was like, well, my best friend Allison Jones is casting it, so we're probably not getting it. But then Allison didn't want to do the series, and we got it. And I was just like, I can't believe it. And then I got promoted, and I got to be the associate on it, and it was just, like, mind-blowing. That's amazing. That show was so good. Yes, I loved that show. And then I worked as an associate for a number of years. Um, I worked with Felicia Fasano, and then Elizabeth Barnes, who I'd worked with at Lieberman Patton, got her own own um office and then I worked as her associate and Corbin Bronson joined up with us and I worked with them for a really long time like four years or something and we did a lot of cool projects together like Revenge and um those guys are my friends for a long time so it was really fun and then my other best friend Liz Martinez Nelson called one day and she was like Molly Lapata, my boss is retiring and she's giving us Heart of Dixie and that's how I became a casting director so um we got to cast season three and four of Heart of Dixie together as casting directors out of our own office and and that was the kind of that's like such a graduation yeah what is the main difference between a casting associate and a casting director it really depends on the office okay so um excuse me a lot of offices rely really heavily on their casting associates depending Mm -hmm. on how big the office is and how many projects they have and it can be very much like being casting director Um, but I would say the main difference there is that you still want to run everything by your casting director to make sure they're (laughs) um, because you're representing them and you want to make sure they're happy with your choices and um, and it and then you have someone there uh, if things get crazy and you need some help. Um, and then just being on your own is just you're responsible for absolutely everything. 
Um, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. And the show's on your shoulders and it's just, but there is the freedom to do it in the way that you want to do it. That's so cool. Yeah. I don't think I knew that casting associates had that much say, I guess. And as you said, it depends on the office. But yes. if you're that close with the people you're working with, I'm sure it's, they believe in you more in your choices. Sometimes it just really depends office to office. Some associates have a lot of power and some don't. Some are just setting up appointments, putting people on tape and aren't as involved creatively, but just depends. And I'm sure, does that ever change by project? Because I'm sure, do the, do the higher-ups, the producers, executive producers, have a lot of opinions they throw at you guys? Always, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think for the most part, the producers in general have no idea how much the associates do. I don't think I knew how much associates yeah. do. Okay, so in speaking of those kind of terms, I guess what uh, what draws you into someone initially then based on like a headshot? Because you, if you're, you know, you say you're, you're given the role to cast and you've read the script and it's like, you know, guest star A, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, what's, what's the process um, for you particularly in your office? Usually when I read the script, I just get like, a feeling for the character it's so hard to really describe when you see that picture and you're like yes this is exactly what I was hoping for it really is just a feeling of like when you see it you're you're just like yes this is this is exactly what I want kind of what like formed in your mind's eye when you're reading the script kind of yeah and then but but not it's not even just about like look and type because a lot of times I bring in I mean all the time a wide variety of different people who I think could be cool for the part it's really hard to to describe what it is like when you're looking at a hundred pictures per page usually and tiny little <laughs> tiny, tiny little, little squares <laughs> um but yeah it really is just that like something jumps out at you about the picture that makes you think that this person would be really fun for the role so is there any pictures that that are kind of across the board usually don't jump out at you is it like a you know because I think as actors we spend a lot of time picking the headshot to like post because it's expensive to get them and expensive to yeah. post them and this, that, and the other thing. So is there any sort of pattern to ones that you see? I always wish I had better headshot advice because it, it really is just like this essence thing of I can feel the person's energy coming through the picture. Okay. Um, I think that's the main thing. And there are some people who have really great pictures and then you keep bringing them in and the performance isn't as great as the picture. And you're like, <laughs> their headshot's so good, it keeps fooling me. Right. <laughs> time and time again. Over and over again. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's just, it really is that you can feel the person's energy coming through the picture. Interesting. Um, and of course, that it looks like them. That I yeah. should be able to walk into the waiting room and know it's you by your tiny square on my, <laughs> on my session sheet. Do you click through when you're picking people and click on their reels that are posted too often? You know, I'm not into reels really. Oh, interesting. Okay. I found that like, I feel like actors are really pressured to make a reel. I don't know where this pressure is coming from. Oh, very from. much so. But representation. I feel like, okay. Yeah. Well, I feel <laughs> I feel like sometimes it's doing the person a disservice if they haven't done anything substantial that's really going to show them off properly. Because if I'm looking at your reel, it's to convince me to give you an appointment, essentially. And sometimes I look at the reel and I'm like, okay, great, this person's great, just like I thought. And then other times I click on the reel and I'm like, oh, never mind. 
So I think people don't think about the fact that it works two ways. Like it can convince me in either direction. So if someone does not have a lot of credits yet, I think they should not spend that money on a reel because some like a clip of a play you were in that your friend recorded illegally through their handbag (laughs) is not going to look great when I'm trying to make that decision. So I honestly try not to click on them anymore because if I see a picture that like grabs my attention that I feel like, oh, I want to meet this person, then I just want to meet them. I don't want to ruin it for myself because their agent forced them to make a crappy reel that talks me out of it because it's not fair to them and and I just feel like people are getting really pressured and it's not their fault so I I generally don't look at them anymore unless I really like wondering oh does this person have an accent that I should know about um and even then I'd rather look at the slate if there is one Mm -hmm. the slate shots yeah um I love slate shots I think they're fun I think those are kind of cool because I can see like what you look like in action and hear your voice. And I think that's kind of cool, but I try to stay away from the reels unless I'm sending it in place of an audition. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's cool to know. Yeah. Uh, If actors don't know what we're talking about, a slate shot is that little, I think it's up to 11 seconds. They let you upload. It's just you, it's your slate. It's hi, I'm Sam Valentine. It's that little tidbit and you, you know, some people add a little something, but I keep it pretty simple. Not necessary. (laughs) That's my next question. You're like, um, less time, please, for me to watch this. (laughs) So you go through the process of clicking on the little squares. Yes. People have popped out at you. Uh, What's the next step of bringing them in? So I just, usually I will see, it really depends on the role and how much time I have. Um, If we, how uh, early we've gotten the script, which is always late. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But... um, I will usually see on average maybe 20 people per role per episode out of the 1,500 or whatever that were submitted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just bring them in and I read them and it's it's just me and the camera and I try and work with everybody um, who comes in and then pick my favorites and then I send them to producers and I put on hold everybody that I send forward Okay. and... And then just wait for the response to come back. And then once the producer, director, writer of the episode, et cetera, picks a choice, then it has to be approved by ABC and and whatnot. Got it. Yeah. So in the room itself, when you're working with actors, um, what's that like on your side? That's the fun part. That's the fun part of doing this job is getting to work with the actors. This is so funny because as actors, I we the audition's the hardest part. It's the yes. you know, it's the it's the the game changer. And I feel like everyone in my office is like works really hard to make sure that everyone has a positive experience because well, maybe I need to get someone from a meaner <laughs> office in there. <laughs> um, because we know that, like, for you guys, the chance to perform is what it's all about. And we want to make sure everyone has a good time and um, and can get to a place where they're relaxed enough to give the performance that we need to get. And like I said, we want to get cast. So we want to make sure we can get the performances we need out of everybody. Yeah. So, um We're just, I think every single person in the office is super friendly and everybody always um, works with people when necessary and um, just really positive. Yeah. 
Yeah. So like giving them redirects, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Especially because the show that I'm working on is new. So only one episode is out there. It's kind of hard to know the tone from just one episode. So, so I try to um, help with that if I can. I think the only time I don't give direction is if someone just nailed it and I just don't want to touch it because I'm just so happy with that take or if I just know they're just so wrong for the part and I just <laughs> let it go. I, oftentimes we always try to, you know, tell what happened. Yeah. And when you get one take, it's either like, I did amazing or I should go home and stop doing this for <laughs> 10 minutes. Like, I need a break. <laughs> yeah, it's usually one or the other extreme. But it usually doesn't, isn't performance-based. It's just like, oh this person isn't the right type for what I'm looking for necessarily. So just let it go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's, a, it's, it's the process. That's the hard part is to be attached and then to walk away and then to know that it's has yeah. literally nothing to do with you. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm true. sure. Do you have any like fun stories of something that's gone completely off the rails in the room? Oh my gosh. I'm sure there's at of least course, some audition that was like. I don't even know if, I can, <laughs> if I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure actors have done some pretty crazy stuff. There was one actor. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this. I'm not going to say <laughs> anything about. It was a show that I was not working on, but the office I was working for was working on this okay, show. I'm not going to say the That's name very of the vague, show, so no Or worries. the office or anything. <laughs> and they kept this tape for ever I'm sure they still have it because it was so amazing um and I won't go into the whole thing but the role was supposed to be a dancer um in a show and an actress kicked herself in the face and fell over <gasps> that's amazing <laughs> um there's also a lot of mispronunciations of a lot of words and she was playing it drunk which they asked her not to do and then she did again the whole thing is just quite oh no it's quite a, it's quite a video yeah. wait so she, did she mean to kick herself in the face then no oh no. <laughs> okay got it <laughs> boy that went really south quickly that didn't was it? yeah <laughs> that one was oh man so when we're given direction something like that in the room like hey that was great this time don't play it drunk right it is for a reason Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes I've seen is when you're trying to give direction because you're trying to help someone out because we know what our producers are looking for, whether or not we can put that specifically in the breakdown, which we can't always. Mm -hmm. um, so we're trying to help out. And when actors argue, it's kind of mind blowing. Yeah. And they're like, well, I just felt this character, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, great. And like, that's a choice that totally makes sense, but I'm telling you that that's not what they're looking for. Yeah. So you have to be flexible enough to change it in the moment. Got it. And to understand that we're trying to help you get the part. Yeah, which is, <laughs> like I said, it's, it's, a, it's cool to see this side of things, and I think it's important that people do because yeah. we're all just working in this crazy, weird industry. We all decided yeah. to, like, invest our time into this. <laughs> and so yes. the idea of everyone being together is is really uplifting for me and a little less scary on all sides for sure and I think that's the one thing uh to let go of is we're not evil we're not judging you from the other side of our clipboard we just want you to get it yeah yeah so when someone just nails it yeah it's like that feeling how do you pass that along to producers who might not have been in the room 
Yes. So that also depends. It depends on the relationship you have with the producer. Some producers want your opinion along with what you're sending them, and some don't. They just want the link and the names, and they'll pick. And they don't always pick the best person. I would say, or the the person that we feel is the best person, because it's very subjective, isn't it? So I would say there'll be times where I say to Anya, if they don't pick this person, I quit because (laughs) this person was so good and they never picked that person, but I'm still doing it. Uh. So yes, it happens all the time. And we do try, if they have questions, if they were like, oh, I don't know if any of these people nailed it and then we can defend um, everybody. Do you guys give feedback to agents? Because I think that's something that happens a lot when they call in to get feedback. Sometimes. Okay. Um, sometimes we just don't have time mm-hmm. to get on the phone with them. Um, I always I, wondered if sometimes you also just didn't have feedback, like it was fine. It just wasn't yeah, the performance. I feel like I don't give honest feedback as a lot, if I'm just being completely honest. Yeah. Um, if I have really positive field feedback, I will go out of my way to give that because I want them to know that their client did an amazing job. Um, if it's awful feedback, I won't say because I just don't know how that's going to be relayed to the actor, and it worries me. So I don't want anyone being fired by their agent because I had, you know, because they're not going to say something in a constructive way. Yeah. Because I would only prefer to give that feedback if I knew that the agent was going to handle it properly and use it to help move that person forward and not yell at them and make them feel horrible about themselves. Yeah, it's very unreliable. So I <laughs> tend to keep my mouth shut unless I know the agent really, really well and I know that they're going to use it to help that person. Mm-hmm. Um, then I keep my mouth shut, really. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So having actors that you've seen excel in situations – do you often call back the same actors pretty consistently, like people you've seen over time just pretty pretty steady? Definitely. If there's someone that I saw and I loved them, I'm going to keep bringing them in until I book them. I love that. Yeah. Because so, that's the fun of it for us, isn't it? It's just like, oh my gosh, I met this person and I love them and I've got to get them a job. I have to because I just think they're so awesome. So, And then I'll recommend them to my friends too. And my sister also works in casting and we, I am, again, I am. I am is going away. Wait, what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> we, I am all day long, back and forth ideas. So. I guess you got to like Google message now or something. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> Definitely not text message. I'm so sick of texting. Yeah. That would be, then you have to like sit there with your phone all day. Yeah. And then you're, cause you're already on your computer. Yeah. So that's, oh, that's funny. Is that like a thing by the way? Is there like casting directors like chat with each other and stuff? Yeah, I mean, most of us are friends, so um, I definitely work, I mean, I have a ton of casting director friends, so um, we definitely email each other. If I see someone new who's amazing, then I want them all to see that person. <laughs> That's so cool to know. Yeah. Do How often do you think it is that someone comes into your office and books something that you've, you haven't seen them in before? Like a different type than what they normally play? I guess... Um, I know, like, uh, someone who gets cast, Mm -hmm. typically, most of the time, is it someone you've brought in previously? Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I always bring in a wide variety of people, like I said, from all different, 
like people who were just submitted who I've never met before, people mm-hmm. who I met in a class, people who I saw on a play, people who I saw on something else on TV, people who I've met before who I'm obsessed with and <laughs> want to see again. It's always a large variety, and it's kind of, I mean, it's up in the air as to who's going to get it. So um, sometimes it's someone that I've seen a lot before or someone that I've hired 50 times before. Um, that definitely happens, but not always. And in terms of when an actor walks into the room, they say you book it within the first like 10 seconds or whatever that is. I don't think that's true. No. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that's, that's true. That's a lot of pressure for the first 10 seconds. <laughs> I don't think that's true because there's definitely actors who I've met who are lovely people, but then the performance wasn't right. So I don't think that's true at all. I think your performance has to be what gets it for you, especially because the producers are not there and they're only seeing the performance. How much does what an actor wears, hair, makeup, wardrobe, influence you? Because I can't tell you (laughs) how many times I've probably spent too much time stressing about what I'm going to wear and how it fits and what my silhouette looks like and et cetera, makeup, whatever, versus more time I could have probably spent on the role. And I think that's pretty universal, especially with women. Because dudes really just shower and go if they shower. (laughs) So that also depends on the show. If you're going in to audition for the CW, you better look amazing. (laughs) Yes. They all look like beauty queens. Yes. So, and I've worked a lot for the CW before and you just, you just, have to look really good Mm -hmm. um camera ready or whatever you want to call it yeah um but for another show like on the mayor for example which I'm working on now the show is really real it's set in um a fictional town called Fort Gray which is supposed to be like Oakland California Mm -hmm. um and they really want real people and so it matters a lot less definitely I think the one thing that gets people for me it doesn't matter at all like if you're good I don't care Um, for the producers and the studio network sometimes they do care and I think the one thing that's gotten people in trouble on my show specifically is if people look too upscale then they feel like especially for the co-star parts that they don't really fit into the world of the show oh that's interesting so if people are coming in too overdone um, they probably won't respond to that as much because it is like the the look is kind of like the the tone of the show definitely Okay. So, like, this fancy person wouldn't live in this run-down town. Yeah. So, <laughs> I think that's the one thing that kind of get trips people up. Okay. On that's this particular show. Yeah. I think I have trouble finding the line of um, where... Because I get... I So, for example, myself, I get girl-next-door stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. So, it's finding the line between do I come in looking, like, cute, natural, mm-hmm. or do I look... Cause the way you look in fluorescent lights with a ton of makeup on is pretty rough. <laughs> it looks a little hard outlined, um, but on camera it looks a little different. Yeah. So would you say it's more important what someone looks like in the room for, or more important what they look like on the screen? It so varies by yeah. who is the executive making that final decision. So it's really, I I know that's such a helpful answer, (laughs) but it really, really depends because if you have someone, and I think the casting office would know. So if you have a question, have your agent ask them. That would be my best advice Um, because they'll know if like, oh my gosh, our exec will only approve people who are super glamorous or like they really are more responsive to people who look real and down to earth and Mm -hmm. they'll be able to tell you that on an audition by audition basis. In in terms of questions then, this mm-hmm. is a good segue. 
I feel like we're like not allowed to ask questions. What? <laughs> there always feels like this disconnect between an actor and a casting director. I think reps are the middleman and mm-hmm. that's a big job and they have, you know, lots of actors and auditions they're dealing with every day. So I think sending in a question like, hey, um, this says like casual. Can you help me with this wardrobe? Or like she says it, it's this age range like, 25 to 35 I'm like are they going for older are they good? and so is that do you field a lot of questions often is that um not a lot maybe for the reason that you're saying that people are afraid to ask but I don't mind them at all I feel like this is your audition you have to be as prepared as you possibly can and if you have a question I'm happy to answer the question within within reason yes <laughs> do your and own of research course, like, don't you know <laughs> bug the bejesus out of your agents and make them crazy but I think the occasional question is totally fine because I'd rather you come in looking right for the part than not yeah a question that people probably ask too often however can I change my time slot? <laughs> How do you guys feel about that? I don't mind. Okay. I mean, I get it. You guys have a lot of auditions. You have other jobs. You have kids. You have everything, school. So I think it's fine. If I can accommodate you, I will. That's so refreshing to hear. You guys, everyone's not against us. This is so nice. <laughs> so you have a child. You have a little boy. Yes. What is it like? Because you're the, all of our worlds are so so interchanging. You know, two of your days are probably alike. Right. Uh, what is it like having a kid and being in this industry? It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I miss him. I, I often bet. only see him before work, and I drop him off at preschool. And then if I get out in time to see him before bedtime, yay! <laughs> but yeah. a lot of the times I don't, so I really treasure that hiatus time. Uh-huh. <laughs> When is that? When is that for you, really? Like when a show is filming? Um, No, after we're done. So when episodic season wraps, usually at the end of March, um, episodic season and pilot season is wrapping end of March, early April, and then doesn't come back till June or July. Okay. So. So right now you're in, what? what's like the state you're in right now? <laughs> right now we are casting episode eight of a 13 episode order. So we're right in the middle of it. And okay. then we're, we'll see in a couple weeks if they order more. Yay. Yeah. All of the thoughts. All yeah. of the good thoughts. <laughs> um, what is that like? I think that a lot of times we only think of our side as actors as mm-hmm. um you know, this is the big show and we finally got it. And then it gets, you know, they, they only take half order or they get canceled or something like that for your side, because you might've already cast these episodes or something, or your job is partway done because you cast the first half of the season. What is that like for you guys waiting to see if a pilot gets picked up and the season gets picked up? Um, well with episodic, we're, we're in it. So we're still casting, the episodes when they make that decision to order more or not. Um, but it's still kind of crazy because you're like, well, do I have work in December or yeah. I don't have work in December? Um, but as far as cancellations and everything, it's just the same as you guys. Like, we'll be in the middle of casting an episode and get the call. Like, All right, well, don't come to work tomorrow. <laughs> the show's <sighs> canceled. So it's, this, it's brutal because it's money you planned on having that you yeah. don't have so it is it's kind of crazy and there's always like do I do a pilot in addition to this crazy show that I'm working on or not yeah do you take um, on the extra work especially right. if you have a family there's right it's a lot of choices you have to make yeah definitely how is that 
having a, a responsibility as big as a child and being in an industry that is nowhere near steady? Luckily, I mean, see, that that's the whole crazy thing. I think that sometimes actors don't realize that casting directors have, the, I think almost everyone in the industry has a, just as hard of a time finding work as actors. Like, that's why I'm doing associate work now, because after Heart of Dixie ended, I couldn't get a job. So it's been three years since that ended, and I've been working as an associate because I can't get casting director work on my own. So um, it's crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy to go back to being an associate so that I can provide for my family. And luckily, because I have so much experience as an associate casting director, um, I can find work pretty easily if I want to. Yeah. So, um, but it is crazy. It's a lot of hours. And what is what is the transition between a show? Like between going from one project to the next, is it usually a lot of space between? If you're if you're at an office, is yeah. it usually a lot of space between one? Do they overlap a lot of the time? Um, it overlaps a lot of the time, and which is great because then you make a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> but um, time wise, it's just like kiss your family goodbye, and <laughs> you'll see them when this pilot is over. <laughs> God, how long does it take to cast a pilot? Usually they give you 10 weeks. I'd say that's pretty average. Um, the mayor was like 17 weeks. Wow, that's so, a really long time. Yeah, really long. We started super early, and we first did a – it was cast contingent, so we first did a search for the lead, mm-hmm. and then we found the lead, and then we had to wait and see if that was enough to get it greenlit for, to go to full pilot, and then it did, and then we did the rest of it. Okay. Yeah. God, 17 weeks. It was a long it's longer time. than it takes to shoot <laughs> the <Yes>. season. <laughs> <laughs> that's nuts that's so interesting to think of you searching for a job I think we just yeah. assume that everyone else is chilling and it's the same thing if you haven't done comedy no network will, hi- will hire you to cast comedy and if you haven't cast drama no network will hire you to cast drama it's the same kind of stuff that you guys go through do you go through a job interview type of process do they yeah. like look at your previous work yeah, you have to, well, when Hard Dixie was ending, we went around and we had meetings, like general meetings with all the, with a lot of studios, um, and then just have to hope that they call you when there's work. Gosh, that's nuts. Yeah. Do you ever have general meetings with actors anymore? I think that's, I feel like that's kind um, of a thing of a pa- of the past. Very rarely. If someone's from way far out of town, <laughs> like another country, and yeah. they happen to be in town for a minute, <laughs> then we'll sometimes sit down and meet them. But that's usually the only reason we do it. How often do you deal with self-tapes then? Really often, because we do cast everything off tape. You're not at a disadvantage to send a self-tape. Um, the only thing is then I can't direct you, but sometimes I will give direction and ask for a retape. So okay. it's pretty much the same as coming in, except <laughs> you don't nice. get to see me. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I like being in rooms, personally. Yeah. I liked the human connection. Yeah, I think it's it's good if you come in, but I think people are getting work off of self-tapes a lot. Yeah. Do you ever watch self-tapes that are sent in for a role that you did not request? Sometimes. If I'm really struggling on the role and I'm run- and I'm kind of like, I've seen everybody, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I got these self-tapes. Let me check those out. Okay. Um, Do they typically come from agents and managers? mm -hmm. Or if the person, they're like, hey, I have this client that you didn't pick, but I think they'd be really great, and I had them self-tape, I'll usually watch that because I'm like, oh, cool, especially if it's an agent that I trust. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes even if it's not an agent that I trust. (laughs) I am always interested in learning new actors. So if the person seems right for the role, um, then I'll watch it if – 
if it's someone who's pitched to me that I know and that I said no to, I'm not as inclined to watch it if I don't have time. Yeah. Um, but if I have time, sometimes I will because that's fun too to be proven wrong when you're like, okay, hey, this person actually was right. I just wasn't thinking of them in that way. But a lot of the times if I'm like, I know this person is not what I'm looking for, then I won't watch it. At the end of the day, after you've probably seen a, a, way too many self-tapes at this point, <laughs> what is it that sells you? Is it the same on a self-tape? It's like seeing that person with that special quality that happens to hit the role? It's, yeah, it's just all about the performance at that point. If the performance is awesome, then I'm thrilled to include it with my choices. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, good, another choice. Perfect. Do you think that most of the ones that book are done pretty professionally? Or do you think a lot no. of times it's someone in their iPhone in oh, their yeah. house? A lot of times. even I've, but We've booked series regulars off of an iPhone self-tape. That they Love sent. that. Yeah. Because that's how I self-tape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, yep. what are some kind of do's and don'ts you've seen of, of that area? The one thing that's kind of difficult to get past is if your reader is just awful. <laughs> Like, please get an actor friend of yours to help you out and then help them out when they need it. Because God, that would suck because it's not even on you at that point. It's just so distracting when you're just like, who is this person? And then you just focus on the reader. And sometimes you just can't help but because it's just so outrageous. <laughs> so the, the, although I think lighting and audio is important, like it just having a clean looking picture is the most important. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And Again, just about if the performance is strong, then you should be good to go. Do you like a close crop? Do you like a pretty zoomed in? Because um, I think it's so... Sometimes I watch my self-tapes and I'm like, whoa, that was really like far. <laughs> you can see like everything from torso up and I see other people's and they do like neck to like, I would say like just below shoulders Okay, is probably good. So we can see your subtle performance and your the nuances of your performance but it, we're not, like, up your nose. That's, <laughs> that's good. Usually I have to fold my shirt in the back anyways. <laughs> that's cool. Okay, because I think self-tapes are such a weird beast. Yeah. And people spend a lot of time and money, too, getting them done, yeah, which might I not hate, be necessary. Yeah, I hate the money thing, that all the money that you guys spend on all this stuff. It's just a crazy. Lot of nonsense, right? Yeah. <laughs> I always wonder. I'm like, is this worth it? Yeah, sometimes sometimes it is, sometimes not. But I just feel like performance, performance, performance. <laughs> oh, you want us to be good actors? Yeah, okay. Focus on <laughs> focus on that above all else. And if you're amazing, things are gonna happen for you. That's kind of how I feel about it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and don't send that's us so gifts. Good. We don't. Oh, need, wait, we that's don't need good. any gifts. I feel so bad. It's always the co-stars who send us gifts. Really? And I'm just like, you guys. Don't spend your scale plus 10 on a gift for me, please. <laughs> like, you're going to make $600. Yeah. <laughs> After you pay your agent, like, just take that money and run. Like, it's very thoughtful, but we want you to have that money for yourself. But, like, a note would be nice. Yeah. Right? Thank okay. you note. Perfect. Yeah. Just keep it subtle. Keep it yeah. small. Yeah. Okay. I love that. You guys don't have a union, do you? Yeah, we do. We're, you do? Yeah, we're Teamsters. Oh, wait, that sounds so aggressive. <laughs> the Teamsters, which are mainly drivers, like studio transportation drivers. Okay. Um, they took us in when nobody else would have us in their union, but they took us in. It's got to be like, how many years has that been? Maybe seven to eight years at this point. Okay, so you are yeah. union represented. Yes. 
So when a, a show is working union, mm-hmm. you guys are union as well. Yes. Okay. That's cool to know. Yeah. I love that because you need someone in your corner. Do you think that's helped improved work in your your realm? Like immensely. Yes. How so? Now we have health insurance. Oh, that thing. <laughs> <laughs> we have health insurance. We have retirement benefits. Oh, awesome. Um, it's been great. And we have, we have people negotiating for us. So the rates... Um, I mean, they're still terrible, terrible, terrible. Really? Yeah, the pay rates. But they have gone up um, a considerable amount since we've had the Teamsters on our side, and they um, are always fighting to catch us up to the other unions or to everybody else in that union and everybody else who ever worked on a show because we are probably make the lowest out of any department. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Are you guys below the line? Do you get residuals? Or are you no. above the line? Okay, so you're below the line. Okay. Residuals. Damn it. <laughs> I, I feel like we should get residuals if we cast the series regulars. Like, you know how directors get paid? If a director does the pilot, then they get paid for every episode. Yeah. Yeah. I want some of that action. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should. <laughs> I feel like we contributed to setting the tone of the show with the lead cast. Yeah. Especially that's if no one gets happen. recast. Like, that's, <laughs> you like set the, like, the ball rolling. Right. Well, I'm in your corner. Thank you. Uh, okay, so now my last question. Yes. Is there anything you wish you knew about this industry, this world, the ride you were going to take? If there was something you wish you knew about, it could be casting, it could be personal, it could be, I mean, you're a mom and you're functioning in this crazy world. I don't know. That's a kind of an interesting question to think about. Um because it's changed and developed a lot, too, while you've been working. Yeah, it. it has. Just, I I never knew how hard it was to become a casting director um, on your own. And that has changed tremendously. It did not used to be this hard. Um, so I kind of wish I knew that going in. Because you really need to be a person who um, goes out and... Um, makes those connections and I am a homebody. <laughs> I was just going to say, I hate leaving my house. <laughs> I like to go home and play with my son and watch TV with my husband. Yeah. And um, I think I would have thought more about what it takes to kind of make it, I guess, as a casting director. And, um, and if I knew that I was going to become a casting director and then go backwards... I don't know how that would have influenced me before I started. Interesting. Yeah. Why is why is it do you think that it's harder to get work now than it used to be? Um, you'd think it would be easier because there's so much more content out there. Yes. But it's just it's about the same thing that actors struggle with, which is people not being interested in giving chances to people who are new. Um and I'm shaking also, my head so hard right now. <laughs> and also um people who are just hoarding a lot of jobs for themselves. Monica and I talked about this as well, but we talked about how it seems like there's a lot more content, but if you look at the people who are involved in that content, mm-hmm. it's a smaller group of people. It is. Isn't that strange? It's so weird. Yeah. So, um, and then nobody is retiring because 
Because <laughs> they're not making enough money. <laughs> um, they're not making enough money. And since we got the union, you have to have enough hours to equal 10 years before you're eligible for the retirement. So I think once we come upon those 10 years, since we've been in the union, there are going to be a lot of people who retire and that will create more opportunity for everyone. Um, but it used to be that like casting directors would be like, oh, I'm so busy here, associate, have this show and good luck to you. And that's and just not happening anymore. And then you are a casting director. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, some people are still doing that, but not, not many. Interesting. Yeah. So you have to, and I'm just not a person who's going to try and take a contact away from somebody else. It's just not. Oh, you're a, like a good, that's nice, just a not, nice person. <laughs> not in my nature. Uh-huh. And everyone I've worked with is, they're all young people who are going to be working for a long time. So the producers that I know, you know, that I've worked with in my career, those casting directors are the ones who are going to be working with them for a long time. So, yeah. So that's kind of tricky, the tricky thing. So to end on the note for my audience in particular, which is mostly uh, young actors, Mm -hmm. if there was something you could tell them from a casting point, it could be something we've talked about already, but if there was something you wish that actors knew, yeah, what is it? Oh my gosh, there's so much. It's hard. It's really, really hard. There's no rhyme or reason to it. <laughs> um, you could have given the best performance out of everybody and still not get it, which sounds really discouraging, but you just have to be prepared, work hard. Um, in, I always try and say, and maybe this is like super annoying to actors, I don't know, you shouldn't try and enjoy every performance every time you have the opportunity opportunity to perform something that's annoying I think it's very positive (laughs) hopefully that's that's fun for you and that's why you're doing it because you love to perform and I think if you keep that love of performance at the forefront of everything and just try and enjoy everything and enjoy the ride um that should hopefully be a more positive experience than focusing on the fact that everything is really out of your control (laughs) um but yeah be just be prepared have fun enjoy it and also just let leave that fear at the door the casting people are on your side which we talked about already we, yeah. we really really hope you book it <laughs> <I love> that. <laughs> that you're the choice well with that that's the perfect ending note so thank you so much so much for being here yeah thank you for having me if people wanted to look you up or know more about you is there anywhere you'd want to direct them to um have no social media presence at wow, all that's I, so cool I don't have a Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat or anything so leave her alone (laughs) so um I have an IMDB I mean where you could see the things that I've worked on before it's been a lot of years and a lot of shows (laughs) it'll be it'll be in the show notes too if you guys want to check her out um but yeah that's pretty much it perfect perfect thank you so much for being here this has been awesome oh good thank you all right guys I'll talk to you in a bit and that wraps us up for today's interview guys Erica, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and thank you guys for listening. I hope you feel as refreshed as I do about these ideas and seeing what's behind their side of the camera. It just feels so nice. Also, I think Teamsters is one of the funniest names for a union I've ever heard in my life. I'm going to take that with me. So (laughs) as always, you guys, please follow me on Instagram at Sam Valentine. Please check out the website, onebrokeactress.com. The best thing you can possibly do for me right now is to click on your phone, search One Broke Actress Podcast, and rate and review it. So appreciative of all those who have done it so far. 
And I'm currently on this big push of support your fellow actor. So that's how you guys can support me right now. It would be awesome. All right, that is all I have for you this week. Thank you, as always, to Maggie Zabo for our awesome theme song, and I will see you guys next week. Bye.